Well, uh, that's understandable. Yeah. I guess I understand <laughs> that. There's a reason for it. It's the unreasonable shits that I have a problem with. <laughs> yeah, as long as you have an excuse, as long as you can reason your way around. A valid, yeah, a valid reason, then I'm okay. Then that's I'm absolutely fine. I'll join you, probably. <laughs> Maybe. What do you think of the movie? There's my thoughts right there. IL-5. <laughs> yeah, I left, a, I left a real emoji <laughs> in the screen there. <laughs> oh, God. Hello, and welcome back to Finterviews. I'm your host, Connor Finn, and on this week's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting to someone that you may know from his work as a pop culture entertainment journalist for some of Ireland's biggest media outlets. He's also a brilliant screenwriter, and you may recognise him from his interviews with some of the biggest names on the silver screen. Or you may also know him as the co-host of Ireland's new number one movie podcast, R and R Rated. It is, of course, one of my favourite human beings, the lovely Rory Cashin. We chat about Rory's journey from film projectionist to film critic, the not-so-glamorous reality of interviewing movie stars, and how lockdown has allowed Rory to write an entire book while I still struggle to write these introductions. I had such a fun time having Rory on as a guest and finally figured out how to record an interview remotely, so hopefully the audio is a lot clearer in this episode. But... Without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Interviews with Rory Cashin. And hello, uh, Rory. Welcome to Interviews. Thank you. Uh, Interviews is a great name. Congratulations. I think you're off to a great start. Uh, all you need to let people know now is that your name is Connor Finn. And they'll, they can put the rest together themselves. Yeah, I do have an intro that I've kind of sewn into every single episode where I, I have to explain that um, or else uh, the joke is lost. Really, all I wanted to do this podcast was for the joke of the name. And after that, it's downhill, really. Like, I Listen, I get that. As a, as a podcaster with uh, puns in the titles myself, I know it's all about the name. I know I know that's what people come for. It's not the content. It's, it's just the name. <laughs> Well, um, thank you so much. Uh, welcome to uh, the second episode of the podcast. Uh, I suppose, first and foremost, if people don't know you, um, rude. Um, but uh, um, how would uh, you describe yourself? Um, I would kind of say like writer, film critic, you kind of like um, my last guest, Justine, your hat would fall on many heads. Um, so I'm going to let it, give it to you to describe what you actually do, because I'm not going to butcher that. Fair enough. Uh, I would say I am a pop culture journalist, um, a screenwriter, and in the midst of being a newbie author. So lots of lots of writing. Uh, a lot of it revolves around film and TV and video games and music and travel. So all the fun stuff, really. That's what I like to talk about. So and as you said, fellow podcaster. Now I feel like mm. I'm. Oh yes, yeah, yes, yes, podcaster. Yeah, or and or rated. <laughs> exactly, and I'll get that plug. <laughs> Listen, I've got sockets to fill. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, well, I'll kick it straight off because I'm conscious that I'm, I'm trying to better myself at these interviews where I don't completely ramble on. So, um, as you said, you are kind of basically pop culture, entertainment, everything that's fun in the world. Um, but what I want to kind of know is 
obviously you found yourself in this field, but when did you kind of first discover this kind of love for film, TV, entertainment? Is there a pinpoint um, in your life that you're like, realised, I kind of want to do something like this, or I'm pretty sure I'm like, liking this a bit more than just, you know, being a bit passive with the stuff? Um, well, I okay, so in secondary school, uh, my English teacher singled me out and said that I had a very, uh, very good hand at creating uh, fiction, because uh, whenever he assigned an essay, I was always getting like A's, so he said that's something I should pursue. Was she clever? Um, <laughs> only, in, only in making stuff up, only in lying professionally. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I followed on that for a while and I tried to, I tried my hand at, uh, short story writing and also screenwriting. Um, then when I made my way into college, I studied media in DIT and then communications in DCU. And all through that, I was working in a cinema in Dublin city center. Uh, and I eventually became a projectionist while I was working in that cinema um back before back when it was actually in film like 35 millimeters so it was all physical and you need to edit it yourself and stick it together and oh, put it through the projector no way did you have to do the yeah, proper yeah, yeah. like cut through oh yeah you didn't yeah burn it up kind of inglorious bastard style like but <laughs> it's it's very hard to do that these days because it's made from a different type of film but uh i have had a few occasions as a projectionist putting on the wrong film where uh, there would be a screen full of kids expecting to see Shrek 4 and I accidentally put on The Conjuring or something, like, completely... It's, I mean, the wrong film. Easy, easy to make, yeah. Listen, these kids need to grow up sometime, <laughs> and I'm here to, to, to speed that process along. Yeah, you're the one uh, to bring them forward a wee bit. You're like, honey, you don't want to see Shrek. We're going to get some culture tonight. Listen, I know I know Shrek 4 is pretty horrific, but this is a, pro- this is a real hurry for you here. But while I was, um, while I was in the, while I was, a, while I was a projectionist, um, I was going down two routes simultaneously. One was I had begun writing and performing as part of a comedy troupe called, a short lived comedy troupe called Half a Giraffe. Oh. And I was also, uh, freelance writing, uh, my own review and pop culture website, which back then was called Correct Opinion. Um, <laughs> subtle. <laughs> I know it's like I'm right, and that's it. Uh, and I, I was really, I really enjoyed the creativity of doing the stuff with half a giraffe and the comedy side that I didn't think I, at the time, necessarily had within myself. Um, but then someone noticed my blog and asked, would I be interested in in being, you know, a paid writer for some outlets in in Dublin and in Ireland, and the comedy one wasn't paying and the critical one was paying so i started pursuing that one yeah and yeah, then I'll, I'll uh, the cinema <laughs> job went down the toilet because they went full skynet everything was automated oh uh <laughs> and i from there on it was like i, I worked for film ireland entertainment that i let me see if i can get these in order been film ireland, entertainment that I, spin 2fm tv3 news talk and then Joe. Oh, and the journal was in there as well, and Love in Dublin as well. So I've worked for everyone in Ireland, essentially. I mean, I, I, I'm trying not to be crude, but like all that's coming into my head is like, this boy gets around. 
Listen, I will do whatever you want if you pay me right. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's mean, essentially what I've learned. I mean, as we've learned already, it's like, I'm going down the road of whatever will pay us. <laughs> yeah, whatever will help me get through the day. So that's how you kind of start off. That's how, I suppose that's where I was kind of wondering as well. Like, how does somebody get into, you know, becoming a film critic? Because um, as you'd said, like, you were writing your stuff on the side. Um like with your, what was the name of the website again? Correct opinion. <laughs> correct. Yeah, you were writing your correct opinion. And yep. then people just, you know, were engaging with that enough. And but I like, understand you go ahead and tell us your opinion on other stuff. Because I always think it's like, I always would kind of listen to um, radio shows and things like that as well, where you hear people like yourself that would come on and say, yeah, this is what I thought of this. And there's so many times, I think, even when you're chatting with mates and you're like being, oh, how how would you ever get into that kind of field of, this movie's shit and I pay me. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Obviously, there's way more, there's much more critical outlook to it. Um, and you do have such like a vast background, obviously, from going into uni and then was it masters as well? Um, in the... uh, no, no, no. I, I never got beyond a uh, degree out in DCU. Um, but yeah, like even when I was like, I was studying film to an extent in college, but then I was working in film when I was at work. Um, Wait, what do you mean you were working like, in film while in work? Like as a projectionist, I would, I would yeah. get to oh. see all the films <laughs> anyway. So it was, it was, it was even more education, <laughs> Uh, watching the films while I was working. Yeah. <laughs> so I was gone from college film, learning about film, to working film, learning about film. And then I was writing short sketches and seeing them being made, working and learning about film. Um, so I feel like I had a long time to learn an awful lot uh, about cinema. So I, I guess that's why that's like my primary passion is that uh, all the stuff I tend to write about would would a lot of it would would go back to film um and just breaking into it i guess it's like you need to find places that are you need to start at the very very bottom unless it's unless you're lucky enough to know the owner of empire magazine or your dad owns total film or whatever uh you need to look at the places that will hire you for free and get a few uh published reviews under your belt and mm -hmm. then show them to places that pay and if you're good enough then there's a chance you'll get paid work but unfortunately it will require you having to do a lot of it for free for a while because that's, that's the only way that's literally the only way it works it's it's um yeah it's a uh, it's a horrendous industry um fun but um a <laughs> little, little bit disheartening um but oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> we, we won't stay with her too long or else we'll both get emotional <laughs> Um, but you kind of say that you obviously start off um, when your teacher kind of picked up on you that, you know, you were doing these, um, you know, short writing things, stuff like this. But um, prior to that, did you ever kind of like envision a career that was maybe completely off and somewhere else? Like, I know myself, I kind of talk about, I always thought I was going to be a teacher until I did one um, summer camp um, being a, arts and craft teacher and uh it was a drama camp essentially and then i find it very quickly i hate children and uh <laughs> and uh that like literally informed 
just a couple of weeks prior to me choosing like my A-levels, like my leaving cert, you know, subjects, I was going, mm, might just want to twist around it. So I completely only got into kind of like, oh, you know, film, TV, like even that kind of interest, I never picked up that it kind of could go down that route. Did you ever have anything, you know, prior to uh, that? Yeah, like when I was in secondary school, I was studying business and then I, I studied accountancy and I was convinced I was like, going to be an accountant, going to be an accountant when I grow up. And then when uh, one of my first jobs, I was working in a, uh, like a major chain hotel in Dublin <laughs> and <laughs> I started off like in the kitchens and stuff. And uh, this is when I was like, I'd say 16 and then I told one of the managers, I was like, oh, I'm studying this accountancy stuff and I really want to get into accountancy. And he was like, oh, so for one day he, he let me assist in the, in the office, like just sorting out filings and doing the account stuff. And uh-huh. I hated it. <laughs> it was so boring. My brain was like bleeding out. I was like, no, no, no. And I knew, I knew immediately that I hated it, but I still had another year and a half of it to do in school. And, so, uh, and prior to this, yeah. you thought accountancy would have been thrilling, proper. Uh. <laughs> I just thought, you know, in your like, I even at that age, I was like, I'll just do it, and I'll get, I'll get, it'll be well paid, and it won't be, it'll be my job. It won't be like the thing that I'm passionate about. It'll just be something that I do, and then I can afford my house, and I can afford a car, and I can afford all the things I want. But it turns out I am not blessed with whatever gene it is that people have that give them the patience to just turn their brain off while they're in work and then separate the rest of their life from what they do nine to five i just don't have that in me and people who do have it great because they're probably on a lot more money than i am yeah Uh, but i mean at what cost really yeah Yeah. (laughs) eight hours a day of like just pure unhappiness no thank you (laughs) God, no. Yeah, Jesus, like, um, that's insane. I can't believe you thought you were... I can't imagine you even, like, walking down, seeing you proper, you know, suited up, like, I can't see even, like... I I don't even know what that would look like. I mean... No. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, that's insane. Um, and as you kind of touched on, um, some other jobs that everybody obviously has to do, um, my father likes to describe these jobs that um, aren't essentially in your kind of line of interest as character building. Um, would you say um, that kind of uh, job that you did in the hotel was uh, one of the one of those most character building, if not character crushing um, kind of jobs? Or do you have one that you always fall back to? Um, I was kind of explaining. Um, I first started off, this was um, wasn't technically legal, but... Um, <laughs> I used to work um, in my summers in strawberry fields, picking strawberries for like my uncle and my dad. Um, after like two weeks, 6am to 6pm, you're getting given like 20 quid and you think it's the world until you move up to something else. Um, and that's kind of how my trajectories went constantly. I've been doing like the absolute worst jobs in the world. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, not in the world, but pretty pretty bad I mean not great not great yeah but I mean there's always something that I look back on and kind of go like my god thank god I'm not doing this like when I got to an office for the first time I genuinely thought like do people 
do people know this is an option? Uh, like, you don't have to wait on people and take, you know, shit from these ones, you know, serving food. I was so shocked by it. Is there anything that you would kind of relate back to as a uh, character building? Uh, let me think. Like, I have had, like, the the jobs I've had don't sound individually like the worst jobs, but I do just remember... Like the specific days, I was thinking, oh, I just, I don't, this is awful. Like, I was a kitchen porter in that same um, hotel chain, and there'd be like, there was a New Year's, there was a New Year's Day shift oh. that started at 6 a.m. Oh, no. And finished at 2 p.m. Oh. Um, and people would be coming down completely hungover, wanting their breakfast buffet. Which does, does will no longer exist. Thank you, Corona. Miss um, <laughs> Corona so, said no, sir. <laughs> no, so like I had to go to bed early on New Year's Eve w- with like a, a family house party happening downstairs because I had to be up at half four to get into work at six um, to serve these hungover Americans normally oh. um, breakfast on New Year's Day, and some of them would just they would vomit on the table. Oh, because they were so, so hungover. Some of them were still very drunk and would be quite angry and just starting fights. Um, so that was that. And then there was like, before I worked in projection, I was working down where they sell popcorn and cleaning the screens and stuff in the cinema. And just people are, people are disgusting. Like there was, there was a condom filled with blood just like in one of what? the aisles. Someone had taken a poo. Um, in, what in like the just, screening room? In this, in the cinema, yeah, they had just like taken a poo. Uh, <laughs> you did have toilets in the cinema, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, like maybe so, that's just how effective the film was to them emotionally. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, it just it, it got right through them. But yeah, so you see the worst of people when they think you're not looking because they're in a big dark room. But you, we'd go in in the aftermath and be like, you nasty. <laughs> oh, God. I do have to say, I, like, can relate to that um, thinking it can't be seen. Um, not anything darker in the stairs. I think I, was, I didn't shit in the cinema. Okay. Actually, Where did you poo? <laughs> it was me. <laughs> um, but I remember me and my mates, we went to see, as well, when I say mates, like, not even Rowdy. Like, we were the theatre kids and we went to see, like, I think, what was it? It was, like, uh, James Bond. Um, I want to say Downfall, but that's definitely the movie with... Skyfall? Skyfall, yeah. <laughs> that was the one. Um, but I remember I couldn't stop laughing at it for some reason or another. There was something, like, really stupid that came onto screen and uh, me just being a nervous person be like oh i'm out with my, like my mates like blah 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 um the, the guys um that you obviously kind of one doesn't seem to think had to come down and uh kept shining light and us asking us to be quiet and things like this i didn't think we were being that loud but obviously i was in such like like pain and stitches that they must have been looking down through like the night cam or not 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 night cam like um Night vision. Night vision. <laughs> I'm just not getting worse today. Uh, and they must have seen me in absolute pain, looking like I was like crying, laughing to things. Little, like it was inaudible though. Um, 
and I actually had to ask us to leave. And I remember just being so upset because it was five minutes before the movie end. And I had to like explain to this person. I was like, I was just laughing at the man's face. And he's like, just go. <laughs> just get out. Just get out of here. And then I shit in the floor um, in protest, in dirty protest. That's a, yeah. Well, uh, that's understandable. Yeah. I guess I understand <laughs> that. There's a reason for it. It's the unreasonable shits that I have a problem with. <laughs> yeah, as long as you have an excuse, as long as you can reason your way around a it. A valid, yeah, a valid reason, then I'm okay. Then That's I'm absolutely fine. I'll join you, probably. <laughs> Maybe. What do you think of the movie? There's my thoughts right there. IL5. <laughs> yeah, I left, a, I left a real emoji <laughs> in the screen there. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but... That's insane. I, I've heard some horror stories in cinemas, but um, I haven't heard anything as bad as that. Um, but I suppose, uh, yeah, character building in a sense, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, it's, it, nothing, like, when you see stuff like that, like, the ability to be shocked diminishes. <laughs> it goes down. <laughs> and your, your opinion of humanity in general also changes, and it changes forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like I think because like I was the first person in my in my entire in my entire extended family as far as I'm aware to go to college. Um and then I was like, mm, I'm going to college. And I just was like real uh proud of myself and then you come out and you're cleaning up shit and condoms and asking people to stop having sex and in the screens and it really brings you back down to earth. I always, I'll always, I, I don't think I'll ever be one of those people who, if I ever get like properly rich and famous, I'll ever forget that I had to clean up poo in a screen. Yeah, I think that's a, I mean, <laughs> sit down, be humble. Like Kendrick Lamar said, said it best. Um, yeah. But I mean, coming from that, I think that kind of riles you up to um, engaging with people in a, a in a different way. Uh like, I suppose, if people don't know, um, which they, they probably have seen you, if they've seen any, any kind of, like, movie junkets. Um, Rory, you've interviewed some of, like, the biggest names, and I was trying to make a list of some of the ones that I really <laughs> wanted to, like, hunt down with, and I couldn't single it down. Like, the list goes on. But um, explain to, if people don't know, what kind of, like, how does that happen? Go getting invited to these movie junkets, um, you know, and interviewing these big stars, and also how like how do I sign up? Uh. <laughs> okay, so I, I guess like once once you've once you're working somewhere that it has a big enough audience mm -hmm. that um, film companies will be willing to give you a slot in the junket. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've worked for some places that maybe aren't a good match for film junkets. Mm -hmm. And then I've worked for, for some places that, uh, film companies love giving slots to. Uh, so it's just a matter of luck. And I, I don't think if you, if you were like really good at it and you're still not getting them, I wouldn't take it personally. I think it comes down to just where you happen to be working. Mm -hmm. Um, because the film companies might not see it as being a, a good match for maybe the film that they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I've worked for a few companies now that I have been lucky enough to be sent on film junkets. Um, just some have just been because other people couldn't do them, and then I managed to 
uh, build up a reputation for myself as a as a interviewer. And I think uh, over the years, uh, I've done some good ones. Um, and yeah, like it just it just comes down to it just comes down to 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 look initially where you're working, and then uh, yeah, there is there is a certain. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound egotistical. I say there's a certain talent to it, but there is a certain vibe to it. No, that, one thousand um, percent. I'm trying to learn kind of through this process as well through interviewing people. Uh it was you're going to love it. Not to blow smoke up <laughs> like anywhere, bring it. but genuinely, I was watching through kind of things, and I think it got me realizing when you're seeing people that have have to get into these rooms and ask people questions and maybe have five minutes or less. Um, it is so difficult. I I know I'm a person who needs to learn how to get to the point, even there now. I think I took a little while just to get to the point. Um, but yeah, how did you kind of go from, you know, as you said, doing a lot of these writer jobs and things like that? And like, obviously, very chatty person, stuff like that. But um, did you kind of have um that as you'd say personality to go into or did you find yourself you know being a bit reserved whenever somebody was like do you want to speak to you know whatever big name like was there ever kind of any reservation to go like oh shit or was that always kind of like yep sure let's go now like even even now today like if if someone wants to say oh do you want to go interview Kate Winslet, I'd be like, oh, like I'm, I'd still get, I still get like very nervous going into the room because these are like idols to me. I think they like, especially people that like, I just enjoy uh, separately from, uh, you know, from the project that we, I'd be talking to them at yeah. that point. Like, um, so there, there are some people who over the years who I have met and who I have adored for, you know, decades and going into the room, I'm like, oh my god, because a you, you you don't want to act, you don't want to ask a stupid question and upset them, and b yeah, you don't want to ask them about you, like their part time jobs and like finding shit. <laughs> that that'd be weird, right? Well, you 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 don't want to accidentally be like, oh, and blah blah blah, and then mention someone's name, and then you find out that this actually happens. Okay, so <laughs> okay. There's a, there was a specific junkie, which I, I won't go into too much details no. about. No, no, that's okay. Um, but there was an actress, and we were talking. We were we were talking about uh, creating on on screen uh, on screen chemistry with someone who they were dating off screen. Okay. Right now, it was it was known that she and her co star were dating. Okay. Okay. What was not known was that right before. I went in to do my interview. He had called her out of the room and dumped her. <laughs> was this like before all of the interviews or was this kind of just before your one specifically? I'd say it was about 20 minutes before my interview. So she had done maybe three or four more. Oh, God. And then, and then I came in and I I was like, creating chemistry with someone who you're creating a different chemistry with someone who you have a unique chemistry with already off screen. And it was the worst question I could have asked. It was not, it wasn't, I wasn't answered well, not like no, no fault of hers, 
but that happened and um yeah so like you that's the that's like nightmare scenario stuff where you're like i'm gonna put my foot in it um <laughs> i'm not gonna do it on purpose but it could happen yeah um so yeah so like and then there's also the, the chance that like you'll follow an interviewer this has also happened who has rubbed the interviewee up completely the wrong way oh really and then when you come in they're like they're still bristling still reacting to this to the five minute chat they just had so you have to work to build them back up to a happy place <laughs> and by then your interview's over see all you've done is fluff them for the next one <sighs> Oh my god! Uh, so I mean, you so there's, could... there's, it's psychological warfare for in those five minutes in that room. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Like, how did they those days kind of go through? Because obviously, like you're, you know, this person or that's whether it's director, whether it's um an act, actor, anything. Um, they're obviously set in one room, and you guys are brought in and out. Or yeah. what way does it work? Right? Yeah. Juice get that you told this is what, like, is happening today and you basically are all chatting around. Do, I mean, like, can you do that? Or is it very much kind of, um, I've got my questions and nobody's allowed to see kind of what I'm going to ask? Okay, so they they normally hire, like, an entire floor of a very expensive hotel. Oh, okay. Um, and <laughs> in the hotel good? rooms... Huh? Is the coffee good? Yeah, yeah. And they have, like, little snacks in the room. Like, they have, they'll have a press room and... There's normally about three times as many presses there are chairs, which is uh, which is great. Um, and so yeah, so you'll go in. There'll be coffee and there'll be like little snacks and stuff. And you'll know in advance who you have. Sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes you'll have more than one person at once. Or okay. sometimes there was one. In, there was one day when I had I think seven people individually. Yeah, um, what do you mean? As in like other. Like journalists, so I'd have in, like, or no, like, no, no, no. So I'd be like the director, the producer, the writer, and then four actors. But you do them all separately. Yeah. So <laughs> you you go up and they tell you like this is what this is what it is and blah blah, and then you just wait in the press room for a PA to come out and call you, and then you find out who who you're going to chat to just that second, and you go into the room, and they'll have two cameras set up. Two chairs, two posters to to be behind each is, and then there'll be uh, a cameraman for each camera, a sound person, uh, at the PA who's telling you when your time's up, and then the actor person might have one or two more people in the room with you, just in case they need anything, or if they're, if you know, it, uh, that person might be there to just tell you that that question's off the table. Very rarely happens, yeah. but. Yeah, uh, I know some people it has happened to. Um, so, so yeah, so you go into the room and it, it looks intimate. It looks, it's like you and this other person. And you have somewhere in the vicinity of like four to six, seven minutes. Uh, but there's actually about eight people in that room and it's very hot because there's two cameras and the sound system and there's lights and there's so many people in there. Uh, and then you, you run through your, you, you sit there and you have to wait for them to tell you that, um, the cameras are rolling. And you have like maybe twenty seconds to be like, "Hey, how are you? Are you enjoying it? How's the whole thing?" And then straight in, do your questions, um, and then it's time up and it's out, and they're just that's a conveyor belt, and they'll bring you on to the next person to interview, or you go back to the press room and wait for them to call you again. Yeah, does that like? I suppose because it's such like a like a quick fire kind of round of things. Do you ever 
my only kind of thing that I'd relate to, um, I've done like some auditions for things here and there just for like really stupid like scenarios. I think I like auditioned to be like a presenter for like a children's like healthy food eating campaign. And uh, they asked me to like say some stuff. And honestly, I black out. And uh, then I walk out of the building being like, what, what did I say? Because I know I laugh a lot. And I'll know that like in those kind of situations, I'll just blurt out whatever my mind is trying to ma- manufacture to keep me alive in that moment. It's sort of straight survival mode. Like, do you know what kind of feel? Like you walk in, then walk out and you're kind of like maybe head to say like a bar or whatever afterwards and like kind of sit down and realize like who who was I talking to or what did I actually say (laughs) or Uh, is it like until later you maybe get like set the footage and you're kind of like why what 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 was happening (laughs) yeah like it sometimes can be a bit of a blur it goes by really quickly um and I always think that it's gone worse than it actually has um always (laughs) there's there's some times I'm like that was the worst interview ever. And then I watch it back later with other people and they were like, no, it was good. Or there's, there's sometimes when I'm like, that one was okay, I guess. Yeah. And they, they, the ones where I'm like, they've done really well. And it just takes me a few days for it all to sell. <laughs> but because most of the junkets have normally been in London, mm-hmm. um, like by the time you finish the interview, you're literally rushing to get back to Heathrow. So it's a constant panic. It's a constant <laughs> stream of adrenaline. Uh, and this, but the second the interviews are over, your whole body's like, I'm tired now. And you have to leave the country to go to bed. So <laughs> it's, it's a, like a constant, uh, rush all the time. And the second I get back to Dublin, cause that, that day I'd be picked up that morning to get to Dublin airport, fly to Heathrow, tube it to the hotel, be there for a couple of hours, do all the interviews, tube back to Heathrow, fly back to Dublin, get back to bed. So like that one work day would start at maybe, would be me leaving the house at like 5 a.m. and me getting back to the house at 10 p.m. Uh, and then I'd be back and work the next day. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay. Yeah, so you, you like, we've, we've worked together. There's been some days where I've come in after a drunket and I'd be like, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. So, so exhausted. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know. I suppose as well, I, it's not until that you, you know, I, like, I think you have explained to me a bit before, but then I've obviously just been in my own little world. Just, yeah, I'm going to just be making my coffee. Who wants to hear me, like, chat bollocks about literally anything? Um, uh, But I suppose it's not until you run it down until, like, this is what time I woke up at. I've been to, like, a country and back, um, uh, all within, like, the same 24-hour cycle, and you're trying to tell me what you had for breakfast, like, please get out, <laughs> like, it's insane, though, I, um, I suppose, from that, like, um, I know you're probably not allowed to say anybody's names, but, um, have you kind of had, like, any standout ones that you thought, like, like was one of the best, kind of, say, interviews, or even, even just chats afterwards, because, um, I know that sometimes there can be like for the press releases they'll do like kind of a they'll like do up a, a center or kind of I, I don't know how I'm trying to explain this. You think kind of told me about um one most recently about Birds of Prey movie and they've yeah. done up like a roller skater. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They did up a roller rink for yeah. it to tie it in with, with Birds of Prey. Yeah, like sometimes they will do um there's an ice cream truck outside my house. Sometimes there is, they'll do, um, yeah, I'm sorry, this is done. I have to go. Um, 
sometimes they will do like a big event around it. Uh, so some of them they put a they put a bit more effort rather than just having it in a hotel room. Uh, <laughs> I, there was one I think it was Hobbs and Shaw where they did it on the roof of a skyscraper. Oh, um, <laughs> so when I was talking to Jason Statham, you could see the Tower of London. No, London Bridge was behind behind him. And then, like, the Gherkin building was behind Idris Elba. So that looked really cool. <laughs> um, and then as, like, as for, like, individual interviews, yeah, there's some people who I just immediately were vibed with. And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not so deluded to be like, mm, we got on so well, we're best friends. But, like, there's some people who they could, you do legitimately start to fantasize where you're like, we could be best friends because that went so well. <laughs> Um, See, I want to be was, the delusional one type. One of them was, <laughs> uh, like, it's so easy to fall into it as well, because you'd be like, they loved me, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm going like, to add them on one... Instagram. Yeah, they'll follow me back. Yeah. Hey. Like... Yeah, and, th- and then when you tag them in the photo and they don't like you, you're like, it's over, my heart's broken. <laughs> um, yeah, like, John Krasinski was one of the most charming, charming men in the world. I just, we, I chatted him twice, once for... Uh, a Quiet Place Part 2 and then once again for his TV show Jack Ryan and when I met him the second time he remembered he was like oh my buddy and I was like oh. <laughs> like it was <laughs> um, he remembered that we'd met before um, and even in that first interview when we were chatting and we were just talking about horror films and stuff and he was like is there any chance I could just take you with me for the World Tour the press tour so just for some downtime we could chat about films in between and I was like it's happening. I've got a famous friend. But, um, so yeah, so like, call Emily, again, tell her to put on like, <laughs> Emily, we're, Emily, we're in a thruple now and I hope you're okay with that. Um, but yeah, no, so like, there are some people who are just really, really, more, more often than not, they're really, really nice. Um, there are some who, their moods, I don't want to judge them too harshly because maybe they have had a bad film. Yeah. And they're not maybe in they the just headspace. got broken up with like minutes before. Yes, yes, that too. Uh, or they've had a shitty journalist just before me. Maybe they were, in the uh, or they're hungover. Yeah. Sometimes they're hungover because they'll have the the premiere will be the night before, and then the press is the next morning. Yeah. So and like they were sitting in the cinema, it, and it stank of shit. <laughs> or that too. Like there's there's a lot of extraneous circumstances that I you don't want to judge anyone too harshly. Unless I've met them twice and both times they've been not great. Yeah. Then I'll make then I'll pass that judgment. But <laughs> more often than not, everyone has been uh that's part I suppose it's part of their job. It's just to be nice and charming on camera. And they do it really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you understand why they're getting paid for it. <laughs> yeah, they deserve it. They deserve it. Um, and I like. I obviously don't want to, like just completely hound you about that because I'm sure like you've must have just received every question possible about like what has this person been like, what is you know, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Et but is there anybody that like is on your bucket list that you have in your head? I need to chat to this person. Before either they they die, I die, whatever happens in the world, like you would just dream come true, or do you have like a bucket list? Well, see, I, I had some when I started my career, and I've been lucky enough to uh, chalk some of them off. So Sigourney Weaver was one because my favorite film of all time is Aliens, and then I got to chat to her a few years ago for Chappie, and it was 
fantastic. And it does, if you, if you go back and look at that interview, you can see about 45 seconds in, <laughs> she's, she's, she's expecting like another kind of run it. Cause the thing is, when you go to London for interviews, sometimes Irish journalists are put in with international journalists <laughs> and the international journalists English might not be their first language. Oh, okay. So the questions coming out would be very, like, basic, you know? Yeah. Um, why did you pick this film? What, what did you like about working with Hugh Jackman? Uh, like, very basic questions. And but So sometimes the Irish journalists come in, are in the middle of that. <laughs> and I think Sigourney was expecting just another basic interview. And you can see... On oh, it, it ain't no basic interview. <laughs> I'm coming. You can see about 40 seconds in, like after my first question, she literally lights up. She's like, because she knows she has to like react and, and give a different answer to a different question that she hasn't been asked yet today. Um, and when I seen that, when I seen her react, I was like, I've done it. I made Sigourney happy. I'm so happy myself. I'm so proud of myself. So that was one. Uh, another one was Emma Thompson because I absolutely adore Emma Thompson. I think she's a genius. And uh, I got to talk to her for late night last year. And she was exactly, exactly what I uh, hoped she would be. She's very sharp, very dry, very funny, very intelligent, very warm and loving. So the other one who I haven't met yet is Kate Winsley. I really want to be, I really want to chat to Kate Winsley because I feel there's some people who like you'd love to talk to, but you know, like say Beyonce. Yeah. You know, you know she's not going to her answers are going to be very tactical they're going to be very specific mm. she's going to be very guarded and i understand that because she has to live a very guarded life yeah it's probably the same with taylor swift you know there's people of a certain type of fame who needs to be on their guard all the time because if they slip anything up it's going to be all over the internet yeah where I, I feel like Kate Winslet is like Adele. If you sit her down and talk to her, she'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And we'll just be so honest about it. And again, I think she's a genius at what she does. Um, so yeah, Kate Winslet is, is my, is the next one I would love to talk to. Well, we're putting that out into the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like positive thinking, putting it out there. Kate Winslet's gonna turn up at the, <laughs> Kate Winslet, let me talk to you. Kate Wins right outside of the ice cream machine. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I'm in here talking to you. <laughs> I mean... I've got my priorities in order. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I mean... <laughs> of course. Um, no, that's insane, though. Like, I, it was literally when you said Emma Thompson. I think, like, even that kind of level, I, I've watched so many interviews. Um, yours, plus, like, so many others, like where these people are chatting to these celebrities. And I think because I'm trying to build up that kind of steam and stuff like this, I it, it looks so easy. And that's probably credit to, you know, your craft and stuff like that. But like, I just, I, trying to fathom how you don't like automatically start crying um, or just freaking out and getting to the question. That's kind of one of those things that I was just so intrigued about how you get to that stage of we're both two elves doing a job but I love you so much and can you like can I be in your Christmas card list like it's I cannot separate myself and I say that like in the best intentions if I really respect someone and love their work I will freak out 
Um, actually, maybe that's really bad. I shouldn't say that, or else everybody that I meet, I'll, they'll be like, "Why are you not freaking out?" And I go, "Ah, yeah, I don't respect you as well." Yeah, um, Leo just didn't do it for me. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think like like I said earlier, like uh, to this to this day, um, I still get I still get nervous and I still get excited going in to the interview things because uh, I. I love to do it and I love to talk about film mm. and I love to talk about people, talk to people um, about the films that they're doing. Even if I, if I didn't like the film, um, I still love yeah, to talk about it because no, there's, there's always something to learn. There's always, you, you want to come away with like uh, an opinion and a, a different uh, a bit of knowledge and stuff. But like, I think if it ever gets to, if it ever got to the point where I was like, oh, I have to do another one of these, I, pro- I, I probably shouldn't do it anymore because <laughs> I'm not enjoying it and I'm not, respecting it anymore and the, the, I guess the passion and the excitement for it is gone so yeah like I've been I've been interviewing uh celebrities now for gosh uh seven eight years um and it's still now I still get nervous and excited it was like someone's like Steven Spielberg's in the next row like what like I still flip <laughs> out um and I don't, I don't see that ever going away. Not ever. No. Um, so yeah, like I, there's no, I think being excited and being nervous, uh, about it is a good thing, mm-hmm. but you, ha- you also, you have to have like that level of respect where you don't ask for their phone number or home address to send them Christmas cards where you do, you do, to, you do tell them <laughs> that you love their work. Uh, but don't say it, you know, without blinking. They're coming across like a crazy person. <laughs> it's a thin line. It's a thin line, and I do not respect it. Uh, <laughs> no, back and forth all the time. Exactly. Yeah, just go throw it out there, see if they're going to pick it up. Um, and I, yeah, I suppose, like, as well as yourself, you obviously talk to all these people, but like, as you said, you've been working in this industry, like in films, stuff like this, and you've written for films. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced even like this, like being on the other side of kind of like an interview. Does your head go to any other different way? Or I suppose I'm asking two different questions. Or I'm asking about like your experience as working in the film like industry. Does that give you more of like an insight? But then also being on the other side of an interview, does that also give you a bit more of the insight of like what the person's dealing with? Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Um, hmm. I don't think being interviewed is is like is changing it too much. Well, one because I know you already, yeah. So that that makes that makes it easier. It just feels like a conversation. But Thank God. like I have, I have, been, I've been interviewed like once or twice before, just uh, just about random parts of my job, um, and it's fine. Like because no one's unlike celebrities no one's asking me oh who who are you sleeping with do i see you stepping out with such and such like i don't have to guard anything i'm not no one's interested in what i'm doing in my free time so i don't have to like, right your next question defend anything <laughs> well <laughs> well um so like yeah like i think i don't really none of that none of that affects me so it's not really an issue i guess um but yeah like i because there was a <laughs> There was a a campaign that I was a part of, a promotional, like an advertising campaign, I guess you'd call it, and it was nationwide. And I was seen by millions of people around Ireland 
quite regularly. Yeah. Because of that, because of that campaign. Um, and then there was, there was some, there was a, a convention on, like a movie kind of sci-fi convention was on. And I, I just happened to pop in because it was on my way to or from a cinema, I think. If you're ever looking for me, I'm probably on my way to or just coming from a cinema, by the way. <laughs> but, so this lockdown's been super difficult. But, so, yeah, I was, I popped into the convention and it was the bizarrest feeling of, uh, like, uh, a number of people come up and were like, are you that guy from that thing? And I was like, yep. And some of them um, are like, just asked for photos with me. And I was like, for, in my head, I was like, not not like a bad way, but I was like, for what? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm in an, I, for what? Like there's no, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, the, oh, um, it was just so bizarre. Um, and there was there was a couple of them, and there was a lot of people who were looking over, going, I know him from somewhere, yeah, but couldn't couldn't quite put the finger on where, yeah, and that was like, I'm sure one trillionth of what a what like a zealous celebrity. <laughs> has to put up with but like just being in there was like that's bizarre that was bizarre yeah I'd say so like I mean like I, has it ever played up to your benefit though like have you ever um had any of those experiences like say like when you're going into the cinemas and you're kind of been like you know like I'm I'm a guy you may have seen <laughs> in here uh no not really someone bought me a drink once in a bar because oh. they they were like, oh, I know even the thing. I think they're great. And I was like, oh, thanks. And they got me a drink. <laughs> and uh, and then I thought we were going to have a conversation, but they walked away. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we got a, a drink and no date, but a drink. So I mean, sorted. Yeah, <laughs> the drink was all I really wanted. To prefer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I suppose I probably can't ask you too much about it, but um, you're saying soon to be author now as well like that's a whole kind of another sort of side you know your your talent pool uh how <laughs> how has like and probably you can't say like anything about I'm, I'm not really asking you anything about like the storyline but um how's that been to like do the whole process of writing this book is it is it fiction or non-fiction or are you allowed to kind of like give any kind of like things like about your process that you've went through doing this i'm i'm not sure where i'm stabbing in the dark with this question to be honest i'm just <laughs> interested into how somebody writes a book because i'm trying to read a book at the moment for this movie coming out you know uh D- dune dune yeah yeah um uh, i'm trying to read the books on it and that's a tough book to read surprisingly i find it like fine after the first chapter but i um genuinely like an illiterate, really like bad visioned old person. I take ages to get through it. I have to read. I have to keep back on going over the story because in my mind, I'm thinking about other things. Like, I just don't understand how somebody keeps a kind of idea of a story or, you know, when they're writing a book in their head. Like, how was your process kind of going through this uh, soon to be bestseller, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers crossed, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, so like when the lockdown happened, um, it was right around the same time I was made redundant. So I suddenly had a lot of free time on my hands. Um, 
so over the over the lockdown I started up a few just different projects that I'd always thought about doing um but never really had the time the free time to do it mm. um so one of them was the podcast the R&R rated uh, the sex and movies one because I always it was always something that interested me and I couldn't find uh an outlet anywhere else that seemed to cover it um which is so stunning by the way i've never um <laughs> listened to like a podcast where so casually it was the first episode the casual like a wisp of vulva <laughs> like just is thrown into the mix and you're like ah i think i've got to enjoy this <laughs> yeah yeah there's no uh there's no there's no pussy footing around on or and or it's uh <laughs> we I mean, we let you know pretty much immediately it's like we're going to be talking about sexy stuff but like <laughs> Yeah, so that was one. And the other one was the book. And I had had the idea for the, the story. It's, it is a science fiction horror, I guess you call it. Um, I've had the idea for it for a long time. And again, just didn't have the the time to write it because I'd be coming from writing at a laptop <laughs> for eight, nine, ten hours a day. And then the idea of coming home to do more of that was, oh. just, was just not enticing. But... <laughs> Uh, I did. <laughs> I, I did. I did start and finish writing it in two months. Um, Holy shit! Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, when I've, the started, world... I've started a second one um, as well. So <laughs> oh yeah, God. like it was just it was just a matter of I had I've had these ideas for for sto- for stories for a very long time, and now it's just a it's just a matter that I have had the time to write them down. Yeah, I suppose really. when the world lets you closes down i mean <laughs> you t- you do tend to yeah <laughs> find yourself in positions like that as well <laughs> yeah yeah like i i know there's some people who who just who needed to take the downtime from the lockdown they're like i can't focus on anything at all and i was like great you do what you need everyone reacted to it differently mm. um and there was no wrong way to react to it, but this was just what i had to do because i could feel my brain rotting if i wasn't staying productive <laughs> in uh um and that was that was just one of them so yeah i've i've, I've had uh two people read over the entire book and got some very very positive feedback and now it's just it's out to agents and editors and publishing houses and uh it's waiting for some feedback and some responses uh just to see what the next step is yeah yeah sure. i'm really congratulations i mean for volver writing a book and then also i'm just starting like a second one like yeah <laughs> like that's insane genuinely but um because I, as i said i i literally just can't even read and then when i do write it it falls along the same terms as that hence why i just record myself speaking essentially nowadays uh <laughs> Um, well, it'd, be, it'd be easier when you know we we can talk and then it just writes it down for us. That'll, yeah, that'll make it all so much easier. But we're not there yet. We're not there. <laughs> I suppose. Um, kind of conscious of time running over because I again I'm just learning very quickly about uh, these interviewing podcast things and uh, getting to the point. Uh, I won't keep you any longer. But um, I thought this would be like a good way to kind of wrap up the interview where. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you are such kind of well knowledge and in depth in uh, TV, film, all the rest of it. So I didn't want to kind of initially set it just in the brackets of film, but uh, 
it's like a classic, you know, pub quiz question. Like, if you could describe your movie, like, if you could describe your life um, with the title of a movie or a show, oh, what would it be? Oh, yeah. Showgirls? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's go with showgirls. Just for the sheer glamour. <laughs> just for the glamour. Plus, I'm like, you know, just pretty fancy myself. No. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> I was like trying to think of a fun rebuttal to this, like in case that you like thought of something like really clever. Um, where showgirls is clever, by the way. I'm, I'm not just regarding no, that. No, no, no. I got, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> um, and uh, all I could think of were like these really like shocking but i i was like, trying to think all i could go with is like just go with it that's just me <laughs> you know peace <laughs> sign tongue out yeah flow. jennifer allison would love this like <laughs> Gucci. yeah that, that, that's all that's really happening at the moment but um yeah here thank you so much um for coming on to the podcast um i um i'm so happy that you took the time out from writing fucking books and talking about sexy movies um to come chat to me more about writing books and make <laughs> sexy movies <laughs> um, I really thank you for having me i'm so happy to be uh to be a guest on finterviews <laughs> what a great name yeah i i mean is there anything you'd like to plug as well because as you said r&r rated is the other podcast again I'm expecting people as well probably to like come from your end onto mine. I love that I'm trying to be all of my essentially two listeners will be, oh yeah, I've never heard of these like much more well-established people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. I think, no, like I, uh, I would like to plug Finterviews, but that's hard to do because we're already here. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. I I really should. Uh, But yeah, no, like I, I am just, I'm just out here doing my thing. Just being a showgirl and just uh, just living my best life. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, <laughs> cheers, man. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Finterviews. Please like, rate, share, subscribe, and let me know who you would like me to interview next by getting in touch on socials at Finterviews Podcast on Instagram or at interviews pod on Twitter. Until next time, bye.